This is the Travel and Van Life podcast from Jets into the Sunset. We're Tanya and Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk all things travel, adventure, and road trips. Through our experience and with conversations with others who, like us, have chosen an alternative lifestyle. Welcome and welcome back. We are so glad to have you here. We are Tanya and Adam, aka Jits into the Sunset. We are called Jits into the Sunset because we have been living and traveling in our van jitters for the last three years. And we're currently in Jits right now, of course. That's right, we are. And we are filmmakers on the road. Our YouTube channel is Jits into the Sunset. We're also on Instagram and now we're on podcasts. <laughs> this episode is a very exciting episode. It's a continuation of our chat that we had with Max, who is a fellow van lifer and YouTuber. His channel is called Max and Oki, and he makes absolutely great films. So if you haven't already, make sure to go over there and subscribe. We basically had such a good and long conversation that we split it over two episodes. <laughs> um, so if you haven't already heard episode one, go back and check it out now. But Tanya, what's the highlights of what we spoke about in part one with Max? We had great chats in last episode. Max talked about what it's like traveling full time with his dog, Aki, some of his favorite van life destinations that he's been to, some brilliant stories that he shared, as well as some tips, tricks, learnings that he's come to learn with doing van life for five plus years. So it's been a great conversation that we've had so far. Definitely go back, listen to part one if you haven't already. And here's a little snippet from Max. It was all the things around the cities and the in-between locations. I think that's actually my favorite thing about van life is when you're, say you're backpacking, you fly from one city to another, or even if you're getting on a bus, often you'll sleep in between, you know, you, you kind of skip those in-betweens. And for me, those in-betweens are where you see the real culture of a place and how people actually live. And it's the moments that happen in those in-between places, like your vehicle breaking down and people just choosing to help you, you know, in these areas that you've heard are dangerous before, but you receive nothing but kindness and someone offers for you to have a shower while your van's getting repaired. Yeah, so whereas whereas last episode with him was more about his travels and what he enjoys about traveling, this one gets a bit more personal and he really opens up and it's it's really interesting. He he's a very deep person, I think, and he's very emotionally intelligent and this episode I think is a great way of getting to know him on another level and we really enjoyed this part of the conversation and we hope that you guys do too. Um, we're going to pick up where we left off with Max and we're right in the middle of talking about what was originally our future plans with JITS, which was Australia, which is crazy now looking back at it. But that's it. So let's pick it up. Not many people probably know this, but our original plan when we were starting to plan van life and what we were going to do in JITS was ridiculously, now looking back at it, was to ship JITS to Australia and do an Australia van life trip. I don't know why that was something we had set in our minds, but that is what we were going to do. We were going to ship little old rusty JITS to Australia. I know why we wanted oh. to do that, because when we first met, I had already had plans. I convinced myself that I wanted to move to Australia. So when we first started dating... That was that. That was what we had. I, I had told you. I was like, "Well, I'm moving to Australia," <laughs> and so when, when things got serious between us, and we really started to think about doing van life together, meshing the two and shipping jits to Australia, um, seemed like an epic adventure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That, that, well, we decided that it was a bit stupid to sh 
ship a really rusty old van that could break down at any moment all the way to the other side of the world so we start we decided to start in Europe instead but Australia is definitely something that is very much on our radar to do and we think like van life would be the way to do Australia because this like you say the in-between Australia is so big and there is so much to see in between the like the main you know ports that you would normally like fly to or, or however you'd get there so we definitely want to do uh, van life in Australia we're thinking that we'll either rent a van or maybe we'll buy a van when we're out there and we are so inspired by your road trip that you're on right now and just just the scenes that you're capturing and you're sharing with your community online they're so inspiring and they really motivate us to make sure that it's something that we do uh, sooner rather than later yeah we've been watching your videos obviously and like the shots it's just obviously you shoot it beautifully but it is the places just look so stunning so yeah it makes us really exciting so do you have any highlights from your trip so far or anything you're particularly looking forward to yeah, so this trip that I'm currently on, it's been a, it's only been a couple of months now, but it really focused, or the start of it has really focused on Central Australia because for me personally, I'd already been to a lot of other parts of Australia, but I'd never been into Central, and I really didn't know what to be to expect to be honest. It and it's kind of just the the whole Northern Territory has blown me away. I mean. Uluru was definitely like one of the big kind of ticket items that I was really looking forward to going to and experiencing. And I was concerned with it that it had been hyped up or like overly hyped, but then it just really has this kind of almost spiritual vibe around Uluru when you're there. There's there's so much history and it's such an important place for Aboriginal Australians and to learn more about that and their culture and their history there and why they think certain things are the the way they are and and why certain places there are sacred to them that was for me really amazing and i just think something that it's not known by a lot of people and it's it's also something that in a way it's hard i've actually found with my videos it's almost hard to share because it's their stories are so they, they're so in-depth and there's so much meaning and they actually even in this is for Aboriginal Australians have levels of storytelling where if they would tell us a story they'll tell you kind of a certain depth of things and then if you're in their in their mob or their tribe they will then tell you more and then if you become an elder you get to learn more so there's kind of levels of how much you learn with each with each place and there's so many different languages spoken and the fact that for most Aboriginals in Australia, English is still their second language and a lot of them speak a couple of different kind of languages within the Aboriginal communities and learning about that kind of thing and the, how hard it's been for them to be, for example, for some of them, they struggle to get jobs as um, rangers in the National Park of Uluru because they couldn't pass the English written tests because English is their second language. when it's so unfair because these guys are the ones that know all the history and just because they can't write it down that for the for the aboriginal people their history is a spoken history and it's passed down from generation to generation and it's the oldest history in the world the oldest culture in the world so obviously they're they're professionals at passing on and storytelling but just because they don't do it the way that the western society wants them to do it has kind of 
inhibited them from being more involved and for a long time inhibited us from being able to learn more to be able to respect their culture more and so for me a huge part of this trip has been learning and yeah trying to just become more aware of our country's real history and what's going on and for me the northern Ten territory has been amazing for that but also it's just such a weird place the northern territory it's really like a place with no it's got laws but there's a lot more there's things that happen here that don't happen anywhere else in australia for starters the speed limit, like the speed limit's 130 kilometers an hour on the highways. That doesn't happen anywhere else in Australia. And it's crazy because there's a lot of places, there's no fences on the side of the roads and there's cows that just wander across the road and the speed limit's 130 kilometers. And then if a car does get left on the side of the road, it literally gets abandoned, burnt out, graffiti, bullet holes, and it's just left there. People don't tow it because it's so big and so remote. I guess they're just not willing to put money into clearing or maybe they do it once every couple of years or something but there's so there's abandoned cars around there's you know there's all this kind of crazy stuff I went to this pub I don't know if you watched my last video the daily waters where it just seemed like what have we walked into this kind of really bizarre culture that I feel like a lot of people that don't feel I don't want to say this in a bad way because the Northern Territory is an amazing place and a lot of the people are amazing people, but I do think it's also the sort of a place that does attract some people that don't feel like they fit in elsewhere and they've kind of ended up in these small towns and they're these kind of outcasty kind of people. This is really the in-between towns that I'm talking about right now, not Alice Springs or Darwin, but the crazy ones in between and yeah, it's it's led to just some meeting some wild people and and I think I've one of the things I've loved most about it is that I was worried traveling for me personally traveling around Australia I wouldn't feel any like I guess I wouldn't be wowed by anything other than beautiful scenery I thought all the rest oh I'm Australian I know all this but to me it's proven that I had no idea and I think if I feel that when I've lived here for so long I can only imagine what it's like for people coming from other countries so I feel like I've almost become a bit of a Northern Territory ambassador. I think everyone <laughs> should come here. It's such a unique place. And yeah, I mean, Northern Territory tourism should maybe be paying me. I don't know <laughs> because I, I'm telling everyone to come here. Um, and yeah, it's, it's wild. But after here, so I'm at Darwin at the moment, I'm going to be heading west to the West Coast. And the West Coast of Australia is just so beautiful. I've got two sets of cousins that are from the West Coast. So I've spent probably a month and a half all up there. And I've actually hired a couple of camper vans 10 years ago and done some of it, but this is gonna be the first time I'll really see the in-depth and I'm really excited for that. That's so brilliant because this actually leads us on very nicely to a question from Darren and Sharon, who are patrons of ours. They are at Travelling with Crow's Feet and I know that they are massive fans of you and your channel and they're part of your community as well. And they wanted to specifically know if you were going to West Australia and specifically if you were visiting, I hope I pronounce this correctly, Karajini National Park? Karajini, yeah. So I am 100% going to Karajini and definitely the West in, in general. That I think when I left from the East Coast, I didn't want to announce that I was going anywhere other than Central Australia because I don't know if you guys have kind of done it before, but I had this feeling if I kind of said, oh, I'm going to do a big lap now, 
you kind of, in a way, YouTube's a funny space where people take you at your word a lot of the time. And if you <laughs> commit to something and then you decide, actually, no, I need to just go find a home base somewhere and stop, it can feel like a bit of a failure and you've got to explain it to people. And so I wanted to start by just saying, I'm just going to head here and with the knowledge that I really wanted to go to the West Coast afterwards. And I'm just loving it. I'm loving the time on the road. It's been helped massively by I'm traveling with two of my best friends at the moment. And we are straight from here, pretty much we're heading towards Broome. So that's West. And then from there, we're going to be making our way to Exmouth, which is where we're probably going to base ourselves for a little bit because it's got the Ningaloo Reef. It's some of the best snorkeling in the world, diving. My friends are going to do their scuba dive license so they can scuba dive with me. Wow. I'm actually thinking about buying a boat, which I haven't announced to people yet, but I'm going to buy a boat to tow behind the van so we can go out to all these really remote spots off the West Coast. And... Yeah, it's also got really good surf. So I miss the surf. There's none in Central Australia. <laughs> and so that's kind of the plans from here. But in terms of Karajini, we're going to go to Exmouth first and then go backtrack to Karajini, which I think from memory is about 300 kilometres inland and then go back out. But so many people I've met have told me Karajini is their favourite place in Australia. It's absolute beautiful national park. So we're 100% going. Wow, it sounds like you have some amazing plans yeah. ahead. And um, I love the fact that you're traveling with your friends, uh, Sam and Jess, and their dog, Alfred. So Aki has a friend. He does, yeah. yeah. It's nice for them to be together, especially, you know, when we do have to leave them in the van for a couple of hours or something, mm -hmm. for them to be together and they just chill out. And yeah, they've, they've known each other actually for years, Alfred and Aki, <laughs> but... This is, I guess, the closest quarters they've been in. And yeah, they've both got their own quirks. And I think they're, they're finally used to each other now and, and good mates, which is nice. Oh, so cute. So Max, you've had a very hard couple of years. And one of the things that we've always really appreciated about you is how open and candid you have been with your community about looking after your mental health and the importance of mental health and the, 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 the tough times that you've gone through. Um, we have a question from Carenza who asks, how are you really, Max? And give Aki a scratch for me. All right, well, I bet you Oki the scratch first then. Yeah, <laughs> he's appreciating that. Um, how am I really? I, uh, like you said, I've, I've really tried to be just completely honest, I guess, on my videos. And some people might not know this, but a lot of YouTubers get really ahead with their content. And so what they might be seeing, people might be watching at home, might have been from a month or two months old. But for me, I've never been that organized. Like literally, I'll film a video and there's a fair chance that what you're seeing in it happened within that week, within probably a few days of when that video goes up. And with that, I kind of set it to myself to be very, very honest with how I'm feeling at the time. And I feel like so in the last video, I actually spoke about how I felt like I was kind of finally starting to get a bit of spark back. And that for me, that is really true. I think I think about people that say I met for the first time, say, for example, a year ago. They like a good example is when I did, I got back into paramedics and I met all these people and I just think about that and really for me, looking back on it, they met a different version of me because it wasn't, I've always been such a really positive person and 
I'd like to think pretty upbeat most of the time and you know a bit of a mindset of things will always work out and I guess in the last couple of years I've really had it kind of shown to me that things don't always work out mm -hmm. and I've really had my positivity rocked mm -hmm. in a big way I, I definitely got to a point where I was like you know what is the point you know like what you know I was kind of questioning things I I just I had all these thoughts and plans about where I thought my life would go and what would happen and then all of a sudden just mm. kind of and I, I think for so long I'd had such a good run that all of a sudden all these these really bad things were happening not just to me but around me you know with COVID to everyone was experiencing it and then having these kind of extra things on top I don't know it just really shook me and and for a long time it's taken me a long time to get out of that I think and that's where it is hard with the video because I've tried to be really honest with how I'm feeling in in a video I might be like oh yeah I'm, I'm feeling good now and then especially when there was more time between my videos and it was five weeks later it almost feel like a lie because I'm like, oh shit, well now I'm feeling like crap, you know, like, mm -hmm. and I think what I've tried to do is show that it, it's not linear and there is that journey. And I think grieving, especially where you can feel better and you can have a period where, where everything's going good and you might have other external things that are helping. And then all of a sudden something can trigger it or or, you know, maybe just you have a low patch for whatever reason. Maybe it's just the weather's gone bad and that's enough to set you off and you, and you kind of can spiral again. And over the last year, I've definitely felt that it was that whole two steps forward, one step back. I had a lot of those and it's really, it's really only been in the last few months where I've felt like it's a lot more steps forward, you know. Like there's, I still have moments where I think about things and what what's happened and just sometimes I still just can't kind of believe it, but it's fewer and far in between. And I know like we haven't said it out loud, but like with the passing of Lee, that for me obviously was the biggest, hardest thing. And I think the nice thing now is I feel like I've gotten to the point that I can, and I think my friends have noticed is I can talk about it and it's always like I'm smiling when I'm talking about it. Like it's always, I'm not thinking about the fact that she's gone, but I'm, I'm thinking about all the amazing things that she did and the the amazing ways that she would she would literally light up a room when she walked into it and she so many people have stories about Lee about how much she influenced their life even if it was for they met her for 3 hours you know and and I'm glad that I'm at the point now where I can help share that positive side of her and for me being honest with how I'm feeling is hugely due to her because it's it's really her legacy is to be more open about mental health and reducing that stigma about talking about it and you know I know for a fact that by me talking about it I get so many comments and so many messages of people making them realize that it's okay for them to open up and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm very open with the fact that I see a therapist and I know a lot of people have joined therapy since then and I really appreciate all the messages I get in regards to that because it kind of shows to me sometimes when I was working as a paramedic it can feel like you're you're really fighting this flood because you're, you're treating one person at a time 
and you're only helping one person at a time, but so many people need help. And I think a lot of people might think it sounds stupid to say that in a way I feel like I'm helping more people making videos than I do as a paramedic, but your reach is just so much bigger. And if you can help those people, and even if it just puts a smile on their face for a few hours and makes them forget some of their problems they're currently having, then, you know, I, I don't think anyone should turn their nose up at doing that and making videos that people make people feel good. And yeah, I, I think it's so important that people start prioritizing, prioritizing their mental health and doing things like you said about having a routine is a huge part of that. And just doing whatever you can that taking that time out and getting away from that screen and yeah, it's so important and people often focus on physical health and kind of just push aside the other the other side of it. Whereas, you know, if you can be physically healthy, but if you mentally feel like shit, then there's no point. You need to get your mental health under control first and hopefully you can be both. But mental health is definitely such an important thing to focus on. And, and yeah, I think a big thing I've learned from it all personally is I need to be less hard on myself. I, I in the past, I can be really, really self-critical and I think a lot of people can be really self-critical and, and people you know would never be that way. And so I'm just trying to be kinder to myself from now on and try not to ask so much of the what ifs and rather just like what I can do going forward to not only improve my own life, but to improve other people's lives. And yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm at now. That was a long-winded answer to her question, but I hope that covered the bases. Yeah, I think that was a really beautiful answer, actually. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And there's a lot that I can relate to. Um, a lot of people listening might know that I lost my mum at the beginning of 2019, and that's obviously something that's been very difficult for me. But I can really relate to you and the fact that you get to a point where when you talk about it, um, obviously grief is different and there's so many different circumstances in which you lose people, but I got to a point pretty quickly where when I'm talking about mum it's it's through a smile it's not through sadness and the overwhelming feeling I get now when I think about mum and is is how proud I am of who she was as a person and how happy I am that you know it's basically it, it sounds so cheesy but it's like a celebration that she was alive and I think to continue to talk about that person um it kind of keeps their spark and their legacy alive and like mum was like one of the kindest people I've ever met and like I've got she's quite inspirational I think to a lot of people because she went and she travelled in the van she travelled in jits and I know that that has been an inspiration to a lot of people within our community who think that they're too old to go off in the van where she's done it so I love being able to talk about her and I love being able to talk about what she's what she did with her life because I'm so proud of her and I also could relate quite a lot to how you were talking about your 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 positive disposition and then how that was rocked a bit because mm. I had the same like within the space of I think it was like six months or something um it was maybe a year or I remember it specifically 2016 in no particular order I like Brexit happened Trump was voted in my mum got diagnosed with cancer and I ended a relationship and none of those things were in my control and I think it was like really hard for me to kind of like accept that there are all these things that can happen to you that are outside of your control and that I definitely had the feeling where it is funny because I don't know I don't know if 
it is what depression is. I don't know if it is, but I definitely felt that I had a complete void of positivity. Like I, I woke up and some days I wouldn't have any positivity in me. And that was really alien to me because like you, I'm by default, I'm quite a positive person. But I think, yeah, working on it and, you know, acknowledging that I've got back to a point where now I feel like my positivity's definitely back. And I heard this great analogy about, about grief in particular that says that, it's like carrying a heavy backpack. The backpack doesn't get any lighter. You just kind of get better at carrying it. And I think that's a good way of putting it because you don't get over grief. It's not like that, but you find ways of dealing with it. Max, I'd love to ask you, where do you find meaning in your life? I think in the last, like I kind of just talked about, in the last little while I've found more, a lot more meaning in think sharing my own experiences especially to do with mental health um my my content had never really been about that before a year or so ago and I, I think knowing that that's helping people's giving me a lot of meaning um and it's made something that could I think you could see just doing a lap of Australia is kind of mo not mindless travel but you know it's travel without a ambition whereas this for me gives it something more and it's kind of become my passion in a way is 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 advocating for talking about mental health but also i think you know that i've got lots of things that that add to that meaning i mean okay for starters helps give my life meaning i think animals in general and promoting kindness to animals is a huge thing for me and for that i really just i really try hard not to proselytize and just lead by example instead and once again for me the best way to do that on a bigger scale is through my videos um but just showing you know eating plant-based diet um also yeah just showing that there's nothing wrong with being kind to everyone you know and i that's kind of become a bit of my tagline in my videos at the end of the video is just be kind always. I just don't see any need for there not to be kindness when there's so everyone's dealing with so much and you don't know what people are dealing with. So just kind of helping leave someone feeling better at the end of the day is kind of the main thing I'm after at the moment. And I guess another thing, an offset is finding that community again, I think is going to, is giving me more meaning and, and where I want that and establishing that and being around family and friends. That, uh, yeah. Again, a beautiful answer. And that kind of answers the next question, which is a quote or mantra that you live by. And I guess that is the be kind to everyone. Yeah. Be kind always. I guess the one, one other quick one I would say for that, the mantra and that's one other thing that I'm really trying to get across in my videos and just in my lifestyle in general is that don't wait for retirement. I think one thing I really experienced as a paramedic was it's actually crazy if you look at the stats of the amount of people that have a serious incident, either like, you know, cardiac arrest, stroke, coma, they end up getting sick within a year of them retiring and it's actually to do with a lot of people carry so much stress and workload for so long when they're working and then all of a sudden they can they feel like they can let go of all that burden but the thing is they're just not ready for it and it causes this physical thing in the body and so so many people that have worked all their life with the idea of they're going to do this big journey in their caravan or or whatever once they're older 
so many people don't get to realize that and in the end they've just worked their whole life and I think that comes down to that you know do you work to live or do you live to work kind of thing where traveling and it's not just travel it's anything but it's going to be different at different ages and it's not to say that traveling isn't going to be amazing at 60 70 80 it is I look at some of the older guys and girls in the caravans here and go geez I cannot wait to be them because they're just having a ball they're retired they're spending about a week at each campsite just you know just getting along and they've got this great community and that's amazing but the advice that all of them give me is it's so good you're doing it when you're younger because you just don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen and so yeah a huge mantra of mine is you don't know what's going to happen don't worry about saving for your superannuation or your 401k like it's the only thing in the world yes do it be smart with your money but spend a little bit of money on an experience every year do something different you know just get out there and do it now and um yeah i one story that i've told a few people that kind of helped influence them is one of my good friends his dad got uh, got he got diagnosed with ms and with ms it's a progressive disease where you know essentially you're going to progressively get worse and worse and more more and more things are going to become more difficult for you and it can happen over 10 years it can be quicker but that diagnosis um, his wife um, my friend's mum tells me now was the best thing that ever happened to them <laughs> because that diagnosis meant that they did all these things that they were putting off till retirement. He was about 40 at the time. And so mm. things they were going to put off, they did. They traveled all around the world. They traveled all around Australia. And then they happened to be on their travels in Australia about seven years later. And he started to get stomach pain and turns out he had bowel cancer and he went downhill really quickly and died within a couple of months. God. But the thing with that was they did all of these things they weren't going to do because they had the diagnosis of MS. And I just think that that really highlights that that's a way people should live normally is being like, you don't know how long you've got. Mm -hmm. so don't waste time going it's going to be better in a few years like do it now do it while you can and yeah you won't regret it's the things that you don't do you regret you know and um yeah i guess that's my other mantra yeah that's a really good one and it's something tanya and i talk about quite a lot is that death doesn't have an age you know so you can assume oh yeah great when i'm in my 60s 70s but you know getting to that age is, is a privilege and and you know not everyone's lucky enough So this is, this is a really nice question. What do you think your future self will remember about you now? I think my future self will probably remember that I thought I would have it figured out by the time I got to my future self. <laughs> I think when you're younger, like, you know, when you're a teenager, you're like, geez, by the time I'm 33, I'm going to have life figured out. And now I'm 33 and I go, shit, I hope by 50 I do. And I have a feeling at 50, I'm going to have no idea. <laughs> so I think that's probably the main thing. I mean, it's hindsight, isn't it? I think there's going to be so many things you go, oh, I can't believe I did that. Or I'm really glad I did. I think for the most part, with where the trajectory I'm on at the moment, like right now in the last few months, I think I'm going to be happy with. And I think that's the main thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're 
doing what you want to do and you're in a really good headspace. Which and is, you're prioritizing the right things. Yeah, which is obviously lovely to hear. Yep. Okay, so we're going to just do a quick, quick fire round here. So let's start off. Uh, Max, we want to know what is your favorite slash most influential book that you've read? It's actually one I read recently because, and I think it, a book can affect you in different ways depending on what stage you're in at your life, but it, it's called The Happiest Man on Earth. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I have heard of it, but we haven't read it. Yeah, it's short read, definitely worth, well, very worth reading, but the main thing, it, it, it's by Eddie Jacku and he's a Holocaust survivor um, who ended up in Australia and he's over 100 now and he's still just doing amazing. But wow. he kind of shows that no matter how bad our experiences you go through, life can still be beautiful. And I think it, he's like the epitome of that because he goes through some horrible, horrible things. And and yeah, and that's where it, why it's called The Happiest Man on Earth is because that's what he considers himself, despite everything. And so, yeah, that book, read it. Wow, that sounds like a great book. Favourite or most influential film? Into the Wild. What was your first job? Uh, I worked in the deli in IGA, a little local supermarket. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, what would it be? Uh, Surfing, now that it's in the Olympics, because it would actually mean I'm a better surfer. I knew it. (laughs) I knew you'd say that. What is your hidden talent? I think keeping an appearance of calm when I'm not. (laughs) I mean, that was, (laughs) for me, that was a huge thing as a paramedic. Um, I used to be a clinical instructor, so I'd have students and we'd go to these massive car accidents. And even though I didn't feel calm, I must have exerted that on the outside because I'd walk from patient to patient and, you know, kind of assess. And then afterwards, my student would be like, how the hell weren't you running around with your head, you know, going crazy and... Yeah, for me, I don't know whether I'm just, it's because I'm a country Australian boy, but it's looking calm on the outside. What did you want to do when you were a kid? For a long time, it was a builder and then paramedic from when I was about 15. What's one thing that surprises people about you? Often when people who come up to me that watch my videos or something and they, like one of the main comments I always get is that you're exactly the same as what we see on camera. So I... I think I'm probably lacking surprises. I don't know if that's boring. I hope not. No, that's good. You're transparent. You are who you are. <laughs> yeah, genuine and consistent. Open book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you could instantly become an expert in something, what would it be? Surfing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go win the gold medal. Yeah, and then I go win the gold medal. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Probably don't wait till it's too late. Get out there. Do it. How do your closest friends describe you? Ooh, <laughs> you'd have to ask them. <laughs> I'd hope positively. I'd say probably impulsive sometimes, kind, hopefully. I've got one final juicy question, which is, if you were given a chance to explore the depths of the oceans or go to other planets in outer space or the option to visit 100 different countries, which one would you choose and why? It's a juicy one. I I would actually say that being in the privileged position that I am, I mean, technically I do have the chance to visit 100 countries. I think, you know, if, you've, if you're relatively wealthy and you want to go for it, you can do it. I mean, Cara and Nate have proved that and you don't need mm-hmm. a huge income. Whereas the other two, I'm thinking about them, they're a bit more like almost not unachievable, but at the moment, 
I'm gonna say the space. I just love, I love anything to do with space and the idea that there's more life out there. Even though I'm definitely feel most at home with the ocean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say space. I'd love to go to another planet. Max, we want to thank you so much for your time and this amazing conversation. It's been incredibly insightful. Um, before we let you go, we would love to hear from you what your future travel plans entail or just your future plans in general. Can you give us a sneak peek into what they are? Yeah, so like I was saying, first off, I'm, I'm heading west. That's the kind of next route in Australia. And so staying in the van, I think probably until the end of this year, that's a rough time frame. I think anything with van life, you generally just say roughly around the time. <laughs> um, yeah. And then my plan is for next year. So I mentioned the house I have in Geelong. I'm actually going to, I'm planning on selling that at the start of next year and hopefully then using the money that I make off that house to buy some land. And I've got a couple of areas in mind where I want to buy, but that's actually another kind of was another reason for this trip was, you know, a bit of a just in case, like scope out a few other areas just in case somewhere goes, grabs me and go, no, this is where I want to be. <laughs> and there's a couple of places of, of those that I'm thinking, but yeah, so I want to buy this land. I'm hoping to get at least a couple of acres ideally around five. I grew up on five acres and I just think it's the perfect amount of land to be on. You can have multiple dogs up to 10 perhaps on, on that, <laughs> that land. And I want to build a bit of an off-grid homestead, a bit of a cabin in the woods, which I know these days it's not as original as it once was, but I would love to do it. It's something that I've always been interested in. I've always been interested in permaculture. So getting into that kind of side of things and kind of making some leveled spots for people to park in vans and always come and visit a bit of a home for others as well. So that's the plans. I'm hoping to be starting that in the early half of next year, which I'm really excited about. And I'm also just excited to, I don't know if you guys found that with doing renovations on JITs and stuff, but like I said, when I was a little kid, I used to want to be a builder and I've always loved using my hands. Like I renovated the house that I own. I've renovated another house. I've built the vans and for me, I always miss it when I'm not building for a while. So I'm looking forward to building again. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really not handy at all. So I admire anyone who can go off and, and do that with confidence. Um, it's something me and Tanya are speaking about. And we really want to do something very similar um, in Europe, probably. Um, but I, I am... I am scared at the prospect of that because I do not have the skill set for that at the moment. So it's going to be a hell of a challenge, but it's also it's also very exciting. So yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing, and we look forward to following along on your journey. So if there's if there are people who haven't discovered you yet, where do people go to join your community? So I'm most online on YouTube for sure. That's kind of where I guess I'm most consistent. I can go, I can disappear off other platforms for quite a while, but YouTube it's Max and Oki. And then if you wanted to follow me on Instagram, it's max underscore bids. And yeah, that's where I like to kind of share when I want to share. And yeah, that's where I am. Excellent. Well, thanks again so much for your time. Thank I know you. we've taken up a lot more of it than we'd originally planned, but that's because you've got so much to say. So it's, it's everybody's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries, guys. It's, it's been fun. It's been really nice chatting. So massive thank you again to Max for all of his time that he came to speak to us for. And yeah, we, we really did enjoy 
having our chat with Max, and we hope you did too. So thank you so much for listening and getting this far through our episode. Um, we really appreciate having you here. Yeah, we love it. And if you have made it this far, we would love to hear from you on Instagram. Send us a message with the secret code word, which this week I thought could be the koala bear. Koala bear. So if you koala ta- emoji, it's yeah. a beautiful little emoji, isn't it? Yeah. So if you if you send us either the word koala or the koala emoji, we will know that you have listened to this episode all the way through to the end, which we so appreciate. Yeah. And yeah, it means a lot. It means a lot. And on that, if you have listened all the way through to this point and you've enjoyed it and haven't yet given us a rating, please do. And if you've got a spare 30 seconds, then leaving us a review as well as a rating will help us massively so that other people can find this podcast. And I know we always say, and we're always asking you to do this, but it's because it just helps so, so much. So please, please do. So we've got this review we're going to read out and we we love it. We love reading all the reviews, Um, but this one in particular stood out to us this week. Um, And it's from Rachel. And she says... My husband and I have followed your adventures on YouTube for some time and absolutely love your videos. So beautifully captured. And now to hear the behind the scenes is so interesting. You've inspired us to bring our little boys away for six weeks around Europe this summer. Currently writing this review from the French Alps. (laughs) Keep up the incredible work, guys. So that is so cool. And we love it. We love hearing like that our work helps inspire people to take action and do things that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have done that's what it that's what it's all about and it means so much to us to hear that from you guys so thank you very much rachel for writing that it's lovely to read yeah we will be sending you a jit sticker to say thank you absolutely um so yeah that is it thank you again so so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode thanks so much 